<laughs> Welcome. This is Deconversion Therapy. I'm Karen. And I'm Bonnie. And we sound like we're selling something, but we're not. Uh, this no. week, no, we're not. This week, I wanted right up front to thank some people who've been leaving us reviews lately, but all their names are hidden from us, so all I see are um, like these fake names. So I just want to thank RM2, who I I think that's Richard Marks. Oh my gosh, I bet it is. I think we mentioned him once, so (laughs) he's probably listening. Uh, Mariposa, which in English means butterfly. It's also a silver company. Go ahead. Okay. Addie Ratboy, who (laughs) I think I know who that is. I do too, but but what does that rat part mean? Maybe he has a rat tail. No. It's coming back. (laughs) <laughs> in the three to six year old uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah those are coming back in those little squirts I see them everywhere right. um, Mr. or Mrs. Cakey Puddin aren't you embarrassed picking up these names now because I'm going to be calling <laughs> them out and Starman Star and Starman whoever you are you sort of go in with what we're going to be talking about today with a little, um, your nickname there. So today we're talking about cults yes. or one cult. Yeah. Cause we've, <laughs> there are a lot of them. There are. And we might've been in some. And I said, let's narrow it down. I've been obsessed with cults since I was young. Not being in them, but interest mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. Yes. I, can't, I don't remember the first time I heard about it, but I think it was all that whispering of like older teens who would talk about things and it all went in together. Cults, um, murders and pentagrams and goat's <laughs> heads. You know, you just hear all this like, oh, what is that? That's so funny that you remember the like negative cults. I just remember the happy ones. Uh, remember when the uh, the Hare Krishnas used to be at the airport? Yes, but they were to me. They were still evil because they but were. But they they had a tambourine. Yeah, <laughs> and they were they were drum box. <laughs> oh my gosh! But do you remember what we used to call them? The boogie Christians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, Yep. Right. The boogie Christians. I know. We really see I wouldn't have even thought they were Christians. They were just so they weren't. far from normal. <laughs> they were boogie Christians. Anyway. Although, uh, yeah, I love <laughs> all sorts of cults and was obsessed with them. One, because I do love me some flowing clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, you could be in one of the cults and then Get out in time, save all the clothes, <laughs> throw a nice necklace around that, and it's people be like, Oh, you shop at J. Jill? And it's <laughs> the same thing. It takes away the decision making part of your day, though. It's great. A robe? <laughs> oh, which robe? Which robe? And then a long vest a dirty over robe. the robe for Sundays. <laughs> 
I don't think that's too For bad. chilly weather. <laughs> the, uh, I told you I'd tell you about um, this cult in India on another episode, but their robes were orange. <laughs> and my whole mind the whole time was like, gosh, what if that clashes with you? What if that's not your color? Like white is such just an easy, you know, right? uniform <laughs> purity, but the orange, there's, yeah, not with my yeah. red hair. <laughs> Jazz it up. Um, the, uh, the clothes. And then I think the other thing that always interested me was, uh, what kind of person would be susceptible to joining a cult. And since they were more, it seems like they were more prevalent in the 60s, 70s, kind of hippie era. Oh, no. I see one of those once a week. <clears throat> what? I know a woman, and she is so nice, mm-hmm. but I described her to someone as like, she seems very likely to join a cult. And the person's like, exactly. That's exactly it. Where right. they're like really impressed with like places or other people or what those people have done. Right. And she goes to church and she's always talking about their pastor and their pastor this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you're lucky you live in this area because if you lived anywhere else you know <laughs> they where would there were cults snatch you just yeah she would just get sucked up into whatever was around into a uh, bunker um kimmy schmidt and then uh, yeah <laughs> the cult of four people um <laughs> but it was you know if mike ham's gonna be my cult leader <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne. (laughs) That's right. Uh, um, But I always, I always was fascinated by the girls who would join the Manson family. And I thought somebody had to have them as a friend in high school. You know, were they, were they onto them? Did they think that they were, you know, particularly um, uh, naive? I... Uh, So one thing that seems really big for them and for this is drugs because I I was watching old like forensic files or criminal something, something, and it would be the times where they would be like, and no motivation was found for this person. (laughs) And now looking back, we're all like, "Um, yeah, that was drugs. That person was on drugs who did that and people were the Manson people were definitely on drugs but Charles Manson didn't do a lot of drugs I just read the book by the way yeah Helter Skelter again you mean um and in the last few months yeah okay and the my favorite part is that it should be renamed because when they wrote Helter Skelter in blood in one of the places that they killed someone, it was misspelled. Misspelled. I love that. It was Helter Skelter. <laughs> That's what they should be, Helter Skelter. That's what happens when you don't read enough. That's right, kids. <laughs> Not even Stay album liner notes. And out of school. And, <laughs> and one day I'll read a book about you. Yeah. But, um, 
All right, so there are more more things that I want to say about that time of the world. Should we talk about um, subscribing? And we're going to yes. read a letter. Ooh. We shall <laughs> do all those. We okay. will read a letter at the end of this by a nice listener. If you subscribe and rate, how's that for some blackmail? Yeah, encouragement. Um, so we're going to talk about the Love family. Okay. And there is a great podcast that I love. It's called Family Ghosts. And they, they did a season, and then they took a break and went off and figured out more material because they produced their things really well. Um, I know, it was really well done. Yeah, and their other ones, the first season is fun. It's all about uh, crappy stuff that happens in your family that comes to light. Um, so, so this podcast, they did three episodes on the love family. And, Which, um, if I yeah. can interrupt, do you remember the love family that um, lived near your grandparents, sort of? No. And, okay. <laughs> so that was a joke because they had like eight kids. So the whole joke was like. <laughs> All they did. Yep. So this podcast is what got me started. Like, Karen, you've got to listen to this. And then I, and you know, did a little investigating about this family. So um, there's also a, a documentary that they did. Um, one of the kids uh, that started growing up there and uh, then got out. His father had some footage from the, I God, it's got to be late 70s or maybe mid-70s. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah, and you'll know what year this is when I say this. Um, they only allowed him to have a camera in there to take some video and footage. I guess that was actually filmed back then um, because it was right after Jonestown. And they didn't want the people in the community to think that uh, they were, you know, on that same road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when I was watching the documentary, I'm like, where the hell did he get all this footage? Because everything that you heard about this this community, it was a commune. And um, uh, let's see. So which it was pretty commonplace and is nothing wrong is nothing wrong. Great. There's yeah. nothing wrong with communes, and they don't all have to lead to no. cultish people. I know. It's but... such a bummer because because what they were founded on was, I think, pretty current. It was all about living in the now, right exactly. now. And that and, was all that mattered. That, it, what? And that they said, you know, regular society these days is going you know, totally unattractive. It's going terribly in the world. So let's Um, create our own. Yeah. Yep. Commercialism. Everybody was full of garbage. Government. (laughs) Government. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Paul Erdman was the founder and, um, he was described by more than one person as kind of a used salesman or used car salesman type. Mm -hmm. Um, and he wasn't, this is in the late 60s, that he didn't have the long hair like the hippies did. But instead, he was all about exploiting them. Um, and he's like, these people are easy. <laughs> so he had easy sex and drugs and got people to do what he wanted. 
and um, I guess eventually uh, one of the people in this documentary said sex, drugs, and rock and roll because apparently at some point he uh, he had a lot of music around. That's right. I, they might have even like put out albums or something. Oh, gosh. I think they had something to do with a festival up in Seattle. I'm sure they did because it seemed to attract, I mean, Manson was the same way where it was all about music and, um, he wanted to, of course, be a singer (laughs) (laughs) and yeah. And Brian Wilson knew him and all that, but this seemed to sort of be the same, except this Erdman guy didn't want to be a singer but they had music all the time, and a lot of the people said it was all about the music. It's just all about the music. Yeah, can I tell you, that would be my nightmare. Like, I just want to get away, go to live on this commune, and then there's fucking music in the background all the time. Can it be about the books? <laughs> no, wait, the irony, no, it couldn't be about the books. <laughs> Plural, they only had one. They brought That's the right. Bible. And they just shared that one around. <laughs> All they were allowed to have is the Bible. They, they talked didn't... about, yeah, that a teacher had put together the school there, which oh, I'm right. sure... She had to go through and burn all the damn books, and she said, "Yeah, yeah." That made any reference of things in the outside world—that's pretty vague, yeah. um, or broad. Anything that had to do with marriage, because they had decided that they would not allow marriage. People would just be together and have kids. Yeah, and have kids. They did. Um, they did. Like the love family. (laughs) The love family. Okay, so, but starting from a little bit more of the beginning. So this Paul was the founder, and he had an LSD trip together with Brian Allen, who is the son of the uh, Old Tonight Show's host, Steve Allen. So Brian Allen and he did LSD together, and they had this vision, and at one point they sat on the ground, this is according to this podcast, and like looked into each other's eyes and had visions, and it led to their ultimate exploration and belief that love was the only thing that was real. So when Paul rounded up followers for his new adventure, he called himself Love Israel. Yeah. That that was his name. Yeah. So so everybody got a new name if you joined. Yes. So um it was mostly after like a virtue. So there was serious Israel Which logic. Was so insulting. <laughs> I know. Cuz there's like there's peace and charity and serenity and then it's like and then there's serious <laughs> you're gonna be no sense of humor israel that's right <laughs> like you're gonna be doesn't get sarcasm israel <laughs> i know flatulence israel yeah <laughs> that's my mom not the flatulence one. <laughs> doesn't get sarcasm israel. she's pulling out the cords to the podcast now bonnie <laughs> i know Um, You also had to sell all your worldly belongings. So anything that could garner cash, they would go Mm -hmm. with you, trade it in for the money, and then you'd go to live with what you had on. And I guess, I don't know how they distributed robes. (laughs) It sounded like they were talking about that negatively. The idea of you needed to give all your money and stuff to 
head dude, which if you're just talking about a commune at the time, or even something a little bit more, a little more religious, that isn't that bad of a deal because it would be like, okay, (laughs) we're all pulling our resources together. And from now on, you don't need to do grocery shopping. You have no bills. You don't have to worry about keeping the lights on. We're going to take care of everything because we'll redistribute. Yeah. We're going to grow our food. Yeah. So pretty much this whole no books and redistribution. And no TV. Cuba. Okay. All you had was lousy, (laughs) shitty live music (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And you had to live away from everybody else. That's all right. They didn't want you to be around your families. Yeah. That's Uh, a little bit of a... Oh, and they also say because they kept preaching, now is the time. If you talked about your past, they would shut you down. That was fascinating. So go a little bit more into that. So if you talked about who you were in your past life, nope, they would discourage it. And um, and the the idea was just to be in the present. But they did say, well, that does kind of attract a lot of people who would like to forget about their previous lives as, you know, uh, abusers, right? Um, misogynists, sure. hucksters, yeah, yeah. Um, just people who never paid their bills. You know, right. it just could be anyone. Doesn't right? Sound, this is sounding better and better. We're supposed to make it sound bad. Yeah, but um, so there was at one point there was a couple. Okay, so they they all started together in San Francisco around the Haight Ashbury area, and then moved up to Seattle. So Brian, the guy that had the LSD trip with him, uh, he heard that, oh, well, Paul's doing some stuff up in Seattle. You ought to go check it out. So he got there, and all of the people that Paul had rounded up to be followers already knew who he was and um, were excited that he came into the fold. Um, And so they're in Seattle. Oh, but this is what I kept thinking of. There was there was one story about a couple. They were on their way to Canada because they were just sick and tired of the way everything was going in the U.S. It was the Vietnam War. They and so they get, I guess, to Seattle and they heard about the family. Like, where do you where do you land in a city where you've never been and like and hear about that stuff? I know. Then. I, I guess when you're, you know, the okay, hippie so. days. Oh, you have the answer? or am No, I no, I'm thinking, like, answer? let's think you and I were in a car. We drive into Seattle, like, put it in park. Say, where are the hippies <laughs> in the hash? And then. So, I guess they're in a park. Probably. Yeah. But can you the, imagine the first thing you do now? You go to any town, like, hey, let's go to the park and see what this city's all about. And let's meet people. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> let's meet people with needles. <laughs> and they were never seen again. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> no way. You went where first? <laughs> <laughs> the park. And then someone said to go here with strangers. And I said, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds Let like me a wear great this idea. robe with no underclothes. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was such a different time. It's not like they could go and, oh, let's log on to, you know, Which is Facebook true. Seattle. 
which is where like all these other little cults are now starting to meet and find each other. So it's really interesting how people would just pack up and travel across the whole country because they heard tell of some guy, <laughs> heard you <tell>. know. <laughs> so, but, but that makes me think, okay, so today, if you join a cult online, you don't even know the personality of the person who's the leader. No, I think it's now all much more concept driven. So when the internet was pretty new and chat rooms were new, I remember hearing about, it was about nine men from all different parts of the country met in, of all places, Waynesville, North Carolina, which I'm always (laughs) like, how did they pick the place? um, To ritualistically castrate themselves. And I'm just like, well, that's the thing. When I first heard about it, I was like, okay, how how do you find these things? And it's like, they met in a chat room. Then I'm like, how do you bring that up in a chat room? <laughs> what topic did they search for? I know. What are you doing oh next Tuesday? God. What? <laughs> I, and they, you would have all of those agree. That's insane. So, yeah, maybe it's a little more conceptual now. <laughs> so we're all in agreement. Right. <laughs> it's all a go. We've purchased our, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh so uh let's see we talked about everybody getting a new name i'm like okay i don't know what would your israel name be mine would be um let's see snobby israel <gasps> or something because i wouldn't want to listen to the music or right i wouldn't want to dance I like I like me some dancing, but I saw the way they were dancing, and you can see on uh, YouTube some of the things that they were doing, and it, it's textbook cults of that age where everyone looks happy and free spirited, but there was yeah. something interesting they were doing where they all held hands and they were dancing around in a circle, and then there was a circle of people going around them. And dancing so that people would pass each other and sing in unison and look each other in the eyes. And there's something that that does when people are singing in unison that happens in the church, that you get that same euphoric feeling. And then definitely when you're looking each other in the eyes and singing something like, you're so special, yes, you are, you know, like (laughs) there's something where you feel it this is where we this is where we diverge (laughs) i never got the feeling of euphoria doing that in church i always got the feeling of can we sit down now oh not not in our baptist church no yes for me yes yeah those are hymns if you had gone on and fallen off the, mm -hmm. the baptist wagon and gone to more charismatic or non-denominational. I did. Then, yeah, you might have. No, I did in Atlanta. Right. And there was even more singing. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) And then when the pastor gave his message, it was really good. Uh I'm like, this is just filler. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah, um, I usually thought the opposite, but I know. See, that's where I'm like, these are, <laughs> but these are personality types. Like you would, I I think, as much as I love you, you would be on the scale a tiny bit more likely to join a cult, a cult I agree. than I would just a tiny bit Which, I'm not and that's not an insult no I feel that I you know I was you felt in it. a group that if you type them into a missionary group if you type the name into Google and say yeah. this is it cults the first thing that comes up because it had so there's a difference between a cult and a religion, and it is more than just numbers. But um, there are definitely churches and organizations that have cultic tendencies. And I was in one of those. Um, hmm. And so, yeah, just you're free to leave and go. But most people didn't because they felt that they were pleasing God more by staying so, right. Yeah, it, it did start to divide you and your family in that way. Yeah, this also feeds into my other analysis about how we somehow found the not too organized versions yeah. of of religions. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't organized enough to separate you and isolate you and Stockholm syndrome you. No, and, uh, because all that. ours, especially Southern Baptists, they need that family money. They need the parents. Yeah, that's. <laughs> There's no, because all these people that were in the love family, it they said. Yeah, they had nothing. And it said that their elders in the group were like 23 years right. old. So this definitely skews young. Um, but, okay, so we said they had nothing, but one person had everything. Love Israel had everything. They had apparently taken the exact writing, the exact wording of the charter of the Catholic Church. Um, because apparently in the Catholic Church, the Pope owns everything. I didn't realize that till I heard that yeah. in that podcast. But you have to get a nice Pope who's going to let everybody use it. Yeah. Right? Yes. So that's not what they had in Love Israel. So... Apparently, they had a great recruit in this guy who had money from the DuPont family, um, the chemical DuPont. Is that right? Yeah, because they're like, this guy's dad um, invented polymer. And you're like, oh, that's well, right. that's an important piece of invention. Oh, and then he said that every time that uh, uh, that things would flare up in um, Vietnam that their company would make money. And he had this huge guilt about that. Oh, yeah, I um, can understand that. So, so this guy... That's invent anything. <laughs> that's right. So, so this guy gets rid of all of his money, and it's a shitload. And so what do they do? They buy the property where they were going to live. Great. Then they ended up buying all sorts of things, and Love Israel decided that he... Um, could justify the need for an airplane <laughs> to the hierarchy, the elders of the church. Right. And then eventually he ended up with three airplanes uh-huh. and, and a boat to get to the property that the DuPont guy had in Alaska. Mm, rent. So, um, rent them. 
Yeah. And he had so much money, he was able to freely get cocaine and do a lot of it. So he developed a bad cocaine habit. Um, the other thing that I was going to say about him having a lot of money. Well, was I was that? reading or listening or watching that, yes, the there was a kid explosion because everyone, oh, right. you know, started just popping them out. And so they had kids running around everywhere. But a lot of those kids were going hungry and didn't have shoes. Um, right. Well, he's just like, I bought another plane for us. Yeah. Right. But only he would get to partake. And in. I was laughing not at the kids not having shoes, but somebody at one point said, well, we look around and there are children with no shoes eating boiled carrots for days. Mm. Like boiled carrots. And then some of the family members, the adults, would tell the kids, okay, chew your food a hundred times each before you swallow. And, well, I'm thinking that's a great, that's like a Weight Watchers trick. Right. Because if you eat slower, you'll get full faster and then yeah. you won't realize you have no food. Right. It's just a shitty way to treat humans. It's a shitty way, for sure. <laughs> and they uh, they decided that women had to help the men. Yeah, I um, was surprised that it wouldn't be in the in the days of free love and all these things. Uh, there was definitely more of a feminine power thing coming around. So I was surprised that everyone in this cult all yeah. agreed that women were basically nothing again. Well, Charles They Manson, were baby makers. Again. <laughs> yep. Um yeah. Housekeepers. Um huge. Yeah. It, yeah. But um you figure that comes with uh somebody in power deciding that's how it is. Right. And I was gonna um, my O was because one of the women's names was submission. Which, oh. I'm like, that oh. would not be mine. Oh, oh, that's what I was going to say before. Tell the people what the name of the guy who gave up all of his DuPont money was. Oh, so they named him Riches? Was that it? Richness. Richness. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I think the um, irony Israel must have given him that name. Ha! <laughs> That's a good one. You're welcome. Every time we say Israel and Israel, I think of uh, uh, one of our Jewish friends in high school who went on a trip to Israel and came back and every day wore this shirt that said Israel, Israel. <laughs> And we all know who that yes, is. Yes, just that play on words. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this guy not only had all of the people, he decided who was going to have sex with who, but, you know, he was in power, so he also got the better um, um, Pickens? ladies. <laughs> Pickens. Pickens of the ladies. And because they uh, said there was no ages, they didn't say this yeah. outright, but it seemed to be apparent that, um, yeah, it didn't matter the age of some of the women. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Because you're Ugh. just matched up and you have no age. And one of the things they didn't do is they didn't, um, they didn't keep track of time. 
They didn't right. give any of the kids like a birthday. <laughs> so no one knew. So sad. What, I mean, they couldn't even be like, let's escape on Tuesday. They couldn't. <laughs> all of them what is Tuesday? Up at different times, just looking around. Um, Have a good weekend. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and how about the lady who had had nursing training before she got there? So she was in charge of birthing every baby. Oh. And and they didn't want her to write and write it down. But she, she decided did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she kept a secret journal because she said eventually these kids might want to get a passport and they're gonna need a birth certificate. So she would sneak off into town and record their births, which is a kind thing to do. Yes. Because it's just thinking of somebody else and future, you know, them. Right. Um, <laughs> just, but I just think of the whole idea that there's one person with training, and it was tragic to me. Somebody came up to her and said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not feeling good. I've got headaches. And she looked at her, and her pupils didn't match. And she's like, I think you have a brain tumor or something, perhaps. <laughs> and she went to the doctor, and there was a tumor in her head the size of, what did they say, a lemon? Yes. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, if I went up to you and you were like, I don't know. I think you might have, <laughs> have a brain one, one small oh, eye. And <laughs> that's right. Ah, I know. Well, that is, I can reflect that very much in the whole, like, um, church and missionary and everything, uh, comparing all that. Because if you just had the minimal experience or education in something, Mm-hmm. They just pluck you and be like, oh, good, we need someone to, you know. So I was writing English curriculum for right. you know, our mission organization and all that. So if you even, you know, had had a checkbook, they're like, ooh, accounting. <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to an acting program one summer, and, uh, and I was dating this guy back home who was in chiropractor college. Not medical You're not school. Not a real doctor. <laughs> so, so I had this guy come up to me. He's like, "Hey, your boyfriend's in chiropractor college. What do you think it means when this happens with my such and such?" <laughs> like, I don't know, and I bet you he doesn't either. <laughs> right. Oh, but it's the closest. But yeah, the proximity to. Yeah, to yeah. Any kind of knowledge, perceived knowledge, yeah, that, and that you can get for free, also. Although she did seem to have her head on her shoulders. Yeah, they were fortunate that they and had And the other her. thing, like, uh, other than the cult part that uh, is more oppressive, I think the whole idea sounds like such a nice utopia. Like, I need to ugh, see why? what the house looks like. I need, I need to know what the housing <laughs> entails. But, yeah. Could I get far enough away from the music? That. That, um, <laughs> that lighting is dancing mandatory, right? Is has everyone made their own mattresses out of some wheat <laughs> that we have to pull like that? I don't want that kind. I <laughs> that, that kind. kind. I don't want that kind that's sharp that'll poke through. That's right. <laughs> the fabric. Um, but I, um, I guess that it's the whole idea of not living in a dorm, but living in that kind of situation, but that you're sort of picking 
who you're living with based on your ideals, which that does sound good. It does. And it sounds like it sounds like the perfect communism microcosm. Right. But that don't work. We have learned. A lot of times. It's not that great. We found out. every time you're like, oh, we're going to get away from the government, then you realize you have to set up a government. <laughs> right. And if you, who are pretty, you know, uh, uneducated as far as government goes, are in charge of setting one up, it's probably not going to be so well-founded. Yeah. And it's that's my guess. Right. And it can all be like um, sex with, you know, teens. No, that's totally legal. (laughs) But if we don't know how old they are. Right. But everything you don't like is, yeah, can get you banned or thrown out or whatever they were doing. I don't know. (laughs) So. All right. So let's see. So things go on. Uh, Eventually, uh, this Brian guy. uh, Who's also love Israel. Oh, he's not Love Israel. Brian is oh, he's logic. logic. He's logic. So um, Love decides he's going to get up in his plane, and he wants everybody to get in a circle below him so he can look at them looking at him, <laughs> which sounds so like Trump. It does. <laughs> and I want you to wave. And even if you're Once shooting you a bird, a circle. in my eyes, it looks like waving. Yeah. So, so they got, he got together with some of the people who were the elders or the hierarchy and they all realized, you know what, this guy is not operating on the, the basis that we all came here for. He's, he's behaving as though he's somebody who values power and, and money, uh, more than the love that he, you know, got us all together for. So they wrote him a letter and pretty much told him that. And so Love Israel reads the letter and tears it up. Yeah. <laughs> Said, nope. I think that, yeah, that showed a lack of love. <laughs> a little lack of empathy. And then you know um, what they named the guy who had to get that out of the trash? Rip. What? Rip torn. <laughs> I can't believe he laughed at yeah. that. Rip Israel. I never rip Israel. So apparently a small following stayed, but people people left after that. Um, and in the in the video, the video in the documentary, uh, they were interviewing various people who had been in the family. Now, can we and, discuss this part, please? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> That's what this is about, Karen. I hope so. Well, the part that upset me the most was I thought these people were a little bit more earthy and concerned about things. And on one table, they had no less than three water bottles, which makes me crazy, and a pack of Marlboro Lights. So what I saw is I agree. Not only that, but like it's, it's not a good documentary it's like a documentary that you have not informed the people you're coming and (laughs) the first guy is just sitting in some kind of barn ish thing like a trailer maybe i don't know but he's like sorry i was just out (laughs) doing something i'm really hot he puts a bag of like ice on his head 
that keeps Because he had just had three beers. Oh, yeah, had three beers. And then to the side, did you see this other man who just sort of walks into the screen, looks around, like, you know, where we put that Oh, is this today? Yeah. (laughs) But... And then that happened a few times, and there was cut to a scene of two, like, teenage boys in a kitchen, and neither of them had their shirt on. It's like, you just wait five minutes to hit record. The first one who talked had a shirt on, but it was a tank top. And I remember this because I had to rewind it three times to confirm that his name was Smooth Israel. (laughs) (laughs) And that was going to be my Israel name. (laughs) Yours just has to be be slippery. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, so so Smooth said something, and then this other guy chimes in. He's the one with no shirt on. okay. And they're just walking around. Pouring a glass of milk. Yeah. Yeah. Just walking around the house. Oh, the back door was open. It was a very strange, yeah, thing. Um but they they were interviewing all the sort of children, and um, it sounds like there was definitely some corporal punishment going on. So that is not yeah, that's not funny. It's not. Um, so obviously, no, but but you nailed it. It was like all the interviews were they. It was like they didn't know they were going to show up that day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's really good. Yeah. But they did have some good footage. And the footage that freaked me out of what was happening on the farm was the there was a woman singing, again, the music, and like a little <laughs> staging area. But she was singing Every Breath You Take by Sting. And I, I guess yeah. I didn't realize the timing of that because it made it seem yeah. so... Like, oh, this can happen. Recent. And, right, <laughs> it could happen in our lifetime. It, yeah, but now if you think about it, I'm going to guess that song was 83. Yeah, probably. So, but then that begs the question, or at least for me it does, where were they hearing that song? Well, it If didn't, they didn't have media or TV. Yeah, I don't know if they were Amish they radio? that way. Maybe. <laughs> Because maybe they knew what was going on in the world. I don't know. So you're going to so, talk about, yeah, keep going with the demise. The, well, then the the um, the after the aftermath debriefing is there was some morning show with Gary. Oh, is it Gary Collins, the one who was married to Miss America? Yeah, with big hair. Uh, uh, maybe. And uh, he uh, he's interviewing Steve Allen and his son Brian, who was logic who had just been released from the cult and uh not released but he had gotten out uh-huh. um but brian said uh that that family made him feel really special and like you were doing something with your life yeah and steve allen chimes in and said well yeah that's true of all religions and i'm saying that as a christian I'm like yep. yep so it's just like what you always say they make you feel like you're special you're chosen yeah and, yeah, and you're loved and you've got purpose because that's all anyone yeah. wants is purpose and meaning and, yeah, free sex, I guess, for some people. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like to have 
as much sex as you want and not be afraid of AIDS. Yeah, yeah. That's because we, we are just of such a different generation totally. that. Uh, what's that like? Right, and I mean, of course, for women, it was always pregnancy. So, you know, we always had a fear in that way. But, yeah, I can't imagine either. I wonder if any of those ladies were nervous about being pregnant and not being seen by a doctor. (laughs) Well, they were seen by that lady. I I think (laughs) they were definitely the whole back to nature. Oh, pregnancy is so natural. And I can tell you as being pregnant twice, I felt it was the most unnatural and felt guilty for guilty. Yeah. I felt like, Oh, Oh, for feeling bad about it. Yeah. Because I'm like, this does not feel natural. This is an alien moving my stomach without my permission. Like that doesn't feel natural, but um, (laughs) I'm sure, you know, you're surrounded 24 seven with people who are telling you things, even without a leader there, if you guys are just repeating to each other, some of the mantras of just being living in the moment right now. Right. Yeah. You're gonna, that's gonna sort of get rid of a lot of that fear or forethought. (laughs) That was another one that we didn't really touch on. Like you can't live in the past, but you can't live in the future either. So if it's right now, then sure. But I'm still confused how much of that, like, are you all together cutting the vegetables, but you just leave them there because no one thought, talked about that you're going to make a salad with it? Does it all just... <laughs> uh, and I'm using that as... Why are we cutting these vegetables? I, <laughs> I can't remember what we discussed. Because we didn't, because we're not allowed to. So we're just... I, I don't... They had to. I always, th- I always think of the past now and the future as an airplane ride. Like you're going from somewhere and you're going to somewhere, but all the little things that happen on your airplane ride are your present. That's the now. That's the now. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> anything in that little span of time for your flight, that's what you're allowed to talk about. Okay. So. But is that a five-hour flight? or it, Yeah. Do we get food on the flight? It's just enough time to have sex and make vegetables. Right. Yeah. That's the Delta slogan. <laughs> have sex, make vegetables. <laughs> All right. So, but, okay, so now you were going to talk about, I think that was kind well, of the summary. Well, you didn't say how it, like, fell apart. Did you? Oh, he got the letter. Yeah. And they tore it up and said no. (laughs) And then uh, what else happened? He did a lot of coke. Oh, and then (laughs) I guess he then wanted to get away from them. And so he so then he moved to some town and became a banker for a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Just like this. Of all things. How insincere is that? Like that is totally that's like Jesus going this isn't going well I will be you know a bouncer at this strip club for a few years and then I'll see how things pan out I'm gonna go be a DJ (laughs) see how that goes Jazzy J um 
yeah. Jazzy J. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and then I think, I, did they say it's still around in different, con- you know? That they're tiny little... Uh, little pockets. Uh, you know what, though? And all of this was so long ago in the in the documentary. Uh, the, the, the leader guy, Paul slash Love, died. Right. That's right. So I don't know who's hanging on. Yeah, and if it's in the same sort of thing. But we have a lot more on cults to cover in the future because it keeps making me think of all these other ones when you, every time you say something, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of this <laughs> cult and this cult because they're generally the same and they do run like the church even yeah. if people don't want to face that. I mean, the church is... They run so much like the church yeah. to the to the extent that the guy in charge ends up with uh, power that corrupts. Right, right. Which, and how many pastors and priests yeah. has that happened to? And I guess it's... Enough. Yeah, I guess it's sort of smart now that I think about it in some of the churches where... You have a pastor for a certain amount of time, but then they move on. That's probably sort of healthy to <laughs> yeah. have, you know, like a pinball To make them machine. a little, uh, make them a little humble. And less power, you know, all domineering, yeah. not, oh God, all domineering yeah. power. Um, yeah, a little rotation is good. Yeah. So there's not if you're rotating them out to cover a sex scandal, though. Yeah, that's Catholics. I know, like heavy, I had to give that disclaimer on that one. So the uh, there's this guy named Rick Ross who's sort of a cult expert. I really was fascinated with cults so much that I wanted to participate and be some kind of debriefer because I just mm-hmm. find it really crazy interesting. But he sort of listed these things that, you know, demonstrate are a symptom of cults, although he mm-hmm. does not think that churches are cults. Um, he's just trying to, to make it clear what is and what isn't, but it sure doesn't sound like it. So <laughs> if you have unreasonable fear of the outside world or that there's an impending catastrophe coming, um, and there mm-hmm. are some cults right now that really feel we, just as people who aren't in their cult, are going to attack them any day. So they're arming themselves. So that's real relaxing. Uh, oh, and how about persecutions? Yeah. What What did what's his head uh, Pence just say that you're going to be persecuted if you're out there living as a Christian? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he could. Isn't that what he told the the graduates? Liberty, which is a cult, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Liberty University, but that's in the Bible. Well, I don't think I don't think we can say that's a it's cult. A, yeah. Um, <laughs> did they gather money? Yes. Are you allowed to leave the dorms? No. Um, there <laughs> the dorms. There is um, some things in the Bible that say you'll be persecuted in my name. And people take that as, oh, we're doing something right. So yep. you never can convince people, <laughs> no, no, this you're just doing it wrong. I'm telling, I'm 
you know, going to discuss this with you because you're an idiot. Oh, that's just, Jesus said it'd be like this. <gasps> that's part of it. That's right. I knew. That's part of it. Um, Although I look at these and all I keep doing is going, oh, yeah, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Unreasonable fear about the outside world. Yes. Yep. They were underground. Impending catastrophe. Yes. So let's see. Um, There's no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving negative or evil. I mean, that's the same the way that we would talk about people who wouldn't go to church that backsliders, yeah, that they were overtaken by the devil. Like there was no neutral, mm-hmm. like no. I am just busy or, you know, it's not for me. I'm just taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely. And that's when the things they said about the love Israel guy that, after he tore the paper, he said, you're either for me or against me, which, again, Jesus said. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, uh, I think. Well, they, I mean, they brought the Bible because Jesus was what they said was in all of them. So they were they were fans That's, of They Jesus. would be considered Christians in the New Testament yeah. sense of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Go go up a few in your signs. Up a few. Or did you? Yeah. I thought go it was like at three the beginning. Up. Oh, here we are. Yeah, there are three up. Okay. Above Absolute that. authoritarianism without meaningful accountability. So that can be <laughs> almost everywhere. Uh, no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. So that definitely happens in the church, even when people say. Um, okay, thank you for that. I'm going to take that into consideration. I'm going to pray on that. (laughs) They still, you know, nothing's going to change their mind. No tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. That's why I left the first college where we were roommates. Right. That conversation. Every time you ask me something, I'd say, (laughs) no, not you. I'm not going to (laughs) listen. Right. Nope. At the basketball game, shut down. Well, you have to say like, that. You can't just. What? The listeners are like, what is she talking about? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You don't know every single episode we've ever done. I was at a basketball game with a friend and we were in a class. Then we had a discussion about something that was said in class. And I was questioning it and just wanted to bounce it around. And he goes, no, because God said. <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> I'm done. (laughs) She got up, walked out of that gym, and walked all the way to the next state. And filled out my application. Well, there there was a Bible study that I was going to as I was deconverting. And I went ahead and went. A friend led it. I was going to go to it. And it was on how Jesus is love, like love is real. And mm-hmm. they were talking about, oh, my gosh, isn't it so great? He just loves us so much. And look at this verse. And oh, look at this verse. And so I did ask. I'm like, you know, let's, you know, I'm just always been curious about some of the verses where Jesus wasn't such a peach, you know, where he, you know, got we really go. <laughs> upset at his disciples a few times and had anger and different things like that. And they totally did not want to answer it. 
and they didn't. <laughs> and they said, well, let's stick on the verses we have for the reading today. <laughs> and that was it. We have an outline, Karen. That's right. We looked up all the ones that said love, and we're done. <laughs> I, I want somebody to have taken you out afterwards. Listen, you're becoming a little bit of a shit stirrer right. <laughs> in Bible study. And we don't appreciate <laughs> any of your, are they called thoughts? We don't like those. We don't want you to improvise or rip. <laughs> That's right. And please, whatever you do, please. don't make a podcast about me. Um Okay, some of the other things in here that say what a oh. cult is, it's like um, uh, followers feel they can never be enough. Well, there you go. The group leader is always right. There are records, books, yeah. articles that document the abuses of some of the group leaders. Oh, and, yeah. And um, let's see. The group leader is the exclusive means of knowing the truth or receiving validation. Yeah. And that, I mean, churches aren't supposed to be like that, but we have, and no matter how many times a pastor or youth minister says, I'm just an average person, they do not get treated like that and they like it. Like they are yeah. on a pedestal. And if you get their attention for something, you feel more special than you do if it's just the guy next to you in the pew who says something. Well, you have no idea that you have segued perfectly into the letter that I'm going to read you. Oh, good. From Clint. Um, he says, when I was 16, I was playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me, I get to guess what this is. You're yes. a heathen. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> playing drums in a Christian metal band out of Seattle, Washington. Oh, I wonder what the name was. <laughs> I don't think he says. Def, um, Def Lamb. <laughs> Def Lamb. Yeah. Oh, please let that not be taken. <laughs> um, the pastor hated our music, but let us practice in the sanctuary on Saturdays. At least we were doing Christian music. He was always looking for an excuse to get rid of us, but had no real reason other than he didn't like the music. Mm -hmm. One Saturday, I needed to make an important phone call. This was back in the 80s before cell phones. Mm -hmm. Our singer said, hey, why not use the phone in Pastor Dave's office? It was oh, locked, no. but he said, not a problem. So we climbed on the roof and came in through the window. This was on the <laughs> second floor. And we thought this was totally normal. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm on the phone making the call, and he goes out of the door and starts back downstairs. When who should come walking up the hall but Pastor Jesus. Dave? <laughs> Our singer bailed on me and acted like nothing was up. A minute later, I hear the door opening and there's Pastor Dave with a shocked look on his face. I'm in his office, window <laughs> open, door locked on his phone. He hit the roof and probably rightly so. Needless to say, that was the end of our band practice days at the church. <laughs> Uh, Pastor Dave finally had the excuse he needed to give us, quote, the left foot of fellowship right out the door. <laughs> well, thanks, Clint. I bet you had no idea we were going to talk about Seattle. <laughs> and cults and drummers. And music. And, uh, that's right. But I like the whole idea of how could I handle this better as an adult? <laughs> you know, just... 
some basic techniques that you could use with a young person that is in your flock. (laughs) You mean, oh, I thought you meant like uh, the, like Clint could have perhaps sought a a phone, perhaps. Of course Clint Like a payphone. Clint was a drummer. He didn't, (laughs) there's not a lot of brain cells going (gasps) at the same time. Clint knows it's right. He knows it. He has Um, to concentrate on the rhythm. That's true. Yep. Uh, so what else? That's about it. Please send in letters because we love them. We love to hear about them. Um, we're mostly on Instagram. And some people, I don't always check and remember to every day, but some people send us things on Instagram about yeah. some memes that they've made or they just want to say something. And we really appreciate it. But it, on our website, deconversiontherapypodcast.com, you can see how to send in your own letter, or you can just write us any old thing you want to. Yep. You can yeah. email, too, if you feel like it. Yep. What's that one, huh, Bonnie? Deconversiontherapypodcast at gmail.com. I thought you were going to say at AOL. At AOL.com. <laughs> You've got mail. All right, so we're praying for you until next week. We are possibly not, but we are going to sing to each other and look each other in the eyes. On LSD. (laughs) That's right. Okay, bye now. Bye now. (laughs) No, I don't want to do LSD. LSD.